Everybody, welcome once again as we continue on in our um, study we're doing through the New Testament. And we're in the book of John now. Um, we've done Matthew and Mark. We're, we're, we're working through John. Um, when we're done with John, we'll go back and get Luke, and we'll do Luke and Acts together. So we're kind of jumping around a little in the process. I meant to meant people watching my video won't get this reference, but we're going to do a pet blessing. So we're going to do that pet blessing that Saturday. Uh, which is the Saturday before Palm Sunday. And then, so I had this great idea. And then, so we'll do the pet blessing. And then during the next week, we'll steam clean the carpet. <laughs> so, so in case there's any problems, it gets fixed, right? Pretty good. Okay. Um, so the Gospels, when you, when you read the Gospels, you, you sort of find that Matthew, Mark, and Luke are, they're not exactly the same, but they're fairly similar in, in the way that they recount the ministry of Jesus. John has, a, has a, a different way of approaching it. And really, John's focus is on about the last six months of the ministry of Jesus. And um, in, these, in these few chapters that we're in now, uh, 10, 11, and 12, we, we are heading right up to um, the time when uh, he marches in, uh, makes his triumphal entry. We're, we're moving there. And uh, really, we're heading right now to the sort of the, the time that he's about to spend with his disciples and really sort of lay out the basis of everything he does and why he's doing it uh, directly to them in the discourse that he has with them in the upper room. But, but these three chapters, um, 10, 11, and 12, um, in every uh, instance in each chapter, Jesus makes a clear claim of who he is, which is rejected by the religious leaders and what that looks like. And it happens again in this one. And um, in, in John chapter 11, Jesus is, is pretty much going to perform sort of the... Um, uh, the culminating miracle, if you would, as John presents it, in, because in this chapter, Lazarus is raised from the dead. And it's significant in lots of ways uh, and uh, as an event. And um, you, you see, again, the, the religious leaders and their struggle with this is, 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 um, is so huge because they, are, they, they can't deny that Jesus is doing these miracles. And they can't even deny, although they'd like to, that he's come from God. What they can't deal with is the fact that it's so not what they wanted, and it, and it makes them so uncomfortable that they choose to get him out of the way rather than allow it to take place. It's, it's just an amazing process, but I think it's one we can all understand. And I'll continue to bring it up. The, the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, didn't start out as evil folks. You just can't write them off as bad people. Because they, they started for good purposes. And their purpose uh, is, was to protect Judaism from being um, taken over by the Greek culture. For, and and I, I think when you see it, you have to realize that, that, that we have this tendency to, be, to even start with good causes. And then over time, like the Pharisees, we can become hyper-religious and we lose the mercy and the grace and the love of God. And we become about rules and regulations, and we, we miss what matters most. And Jesus has come to, to sort of straighten this whole mess out then, and, and we need to allow him to continue to come to make sure that we don't get caught up in the same wave of stuff. And to continually look at our lives and, and the way that we're trying to follow God to, to not get so, so sort of closed that we miss the truth, that we miss where God is taking us and what's happening. And so we hold that intention as we look through all this. Now, 
Today we're going to be looking at uh, John chapter 11. There's 57 verses. I'm going to go ahead and read them to you. You can read along in your Bibles if you'd like. Uh, if you brought them or there's Bibles in the, in the rows, you can pick one up. Or this thing is in, your, in the notes that we printed out, although I think it's pretty small. Because 57 verses is hard to fit in there. I know it's too, far, too small for me to read. But we've, we've come to accept that now. Someone came into my office the other day and they saw me with my little nose glasses on. Most of you know with them little half glasses that you slide down your nose, right? And they were like, ah, you're wearing glasses. And I'm like, I always wear them in the office because I can't see anymore. <laughs> There's no pretense. And, and unfortunately, life doesn't come at a 16-point font like my notes do. And I've been playing with the 18-point font. But I'm not there yet. I'm still like maybe two, three weeks away. And I can read it a little while. What will happen is I start to read about halfway through it. It will get blurry. But I'll just make up words. John chapter 11, verses 1 through 57. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you were going back there? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So, he told them, so then he told them plainly, plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know even that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to mourn there, to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Just as note, that's the shortest verse in the Bible, in case anybody ever asks you. John eleven thirty five, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord said, Martha, the sister of the dead man, By this time there is a bad odor, for he's already been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, put their faith in him. I would say that would be a pretty good deal. Right? Yeah. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Okay, start to get some irony here, okay? This guy is really doing stuff for God and people are being impacted. It doesn't look good for us. We better do something. Now listen, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. If he continues to do this, it's going to be bad for us. Oh yeah, and, and, and the people we're supposed to represent too. We'll throw them in there too. It sounds better. Then one of them named Caiaphas, who was high priest this year, that year spoke up, you know nothing at all. You do not realize it is better for you that one man die for the people than the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation, and not only that for that, and not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. Look, um, people ask about that because that's a that's a prophetic word, and it's a right prophetic word. And there's, how can this guy, who's obviously going to twist it really bad, how does that happen? But, but God speaks, not, every, not everybody that God speaks through is on target. Um, it, it doesn't mean it's not necessarily God. And you, you have to make the twist, but they twist it. What they think they're doing is they're protecting themselves by killing Jesus. And that's how they're going to save the nation of Israel. What they don't realize is that Jesus has to die to pay for sin so that true Israel can be saved. But uh, it's, just, it's just twisted, and you need to see the irony in, in what's taking place in this whole process. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life, verse, 53, verse 54. Therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the Jews. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the desert, to a village called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for the ceremony cleansing before the Passover. They kept looking for Jesus, and as they stood in the temple area, they asked one another, what do you think? Isn't he coming to the feast at all? 
But the chief priests and Pharisees had given orders that if anyone found out where Jesus was, he should report it so they might arrest him. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So we're coming to the, the final events here in the earthly ministry of Jesus and uh, all that takes place in the process. And, and once again, we have um, clearly seen Jesus claiming to be the Son of God, demonstrating it with miracles, and the religious leaders of the day saying, yeah, but it's not what we want, and so we need to kill him. And, and that this is the foundation for where they're at at this point in time. Um, in chapter 10, remember, he presented himself as the good shepherd who would die for his sheep. And, um, and we also saw, again, how the, the, the religious leaders in that chapter understood that Jesus was claiming to be God. They tried to seize him, but they couldn't. Now he's, he's demonstrated his authority over death. And they're still, they want to uh, kill him because they're concerned about their place. Um, and and you know, then they're saying, of course, the nation too. But there's some powerful stuff, I think, that, that I just sort of want to bounce some ideas about this encounter um, that Jesus has with, with his friends, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Um, they were close. They were, they were good friends, um, this, this, this family and Jesus. And um, Lazarus becomes sick, as we've heard. And the sisters, Mary and Martha, who were friends of his also, um, sent a message to Jesus that said, Lord, the one that you love is sick. But Jesus and, and, it, it, and the disciples were looking at him when they come and told him because they knew of the friendship. That this is a, a family and a person that he loved. He, he doesn't seem to make any movement. And it wasn't very far away, a couple of miles. Um, you know, it doesn't take long to walk a couple of miles, really. 30 minutes. Do it in less if you get on it. Uh, and he doesn't go. Um, you know, I, I use this encounter sometimes. And I talk about the fact that, that I, I never see Jesus in a hurry in the Scripture. I've looked at I've, over and over again trying to find him being hurried somewhere, and it just never happens where I can find him being hurried. And I said, you know, if he's our model for life, we have some explaining to do. Um, because most of us can't say that. We seem to always be in a hurry or, you know, or run it. Time is a fascinating thing, isn't it? It seems to me, now I have this thing where it seems to go very fast. And, and I guess, but I'm trying to figure this out now because the gospel explosion that's coming up, we did it a year ago in March. Now, to me, it seems like it was 10 years ago. <laughs> so I'm having this backward thing happen. And at the same time, it's February already. And I feel like I just started the year. And, and we're flying through this. You know, it's the middle of, I mean, it's, it's really wild. So, so I, I, I'm off track, and I'm sorry. That's a bunny trail. And uh, those of you that are supposed to keep me off the bunny trails, you're not doing a very good job. Um, that's a big bunny trail. That, it goes nowhere and proves nothing. Just some random thought that popped up and took over at that moment. Now, <laughs> Jesus wasn't in a hurry. And his disciples didn't understand it. But, uh, and so he waits Two more days before he goes and before he begins to set out. And, and by the time they got there, Jesus, uh, Lazarus was dead and buried and had been buried four days. So it took them apparently a while to get the message to Jesus, to find him, hang out, 
walked there four days. So finally, Jesus is on his way. Martha rushes out, and uh, she's in tears, and she, she cries out, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And, and, and Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Um, you know, and he's, he's comforting her. These, these, these are his friends. And, and Martha, I think she, she gets it because she knows who, who Jesus is. She's got that he's the Christ Messiah. And she goes, yeah, I get that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But, but he, he, he stops because he wants her to think. And he says, listen, I'm the resurrection and the life. And, and he says, do you believe this? And, and it's important that we, we, we catch the, the point that's going to be made here in a little bit. He, 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 he wants her to know that there's something more to the process. And he, he goes then to the, um, to the grave. He has the encounter with the other sister. And... Um, he, he says, listen, take away the stone. And, and Martha objects, and she says, no, by this time, you know, there's, it's been four days. It's not good. There's going to be an odor. But, but in order to demonstrate the resurrection power, that his resurrection power was not limited to sometime in the future, but that his power to bring life knows no limits at all, he says, Lazarus, come out. And at that word, the man, Lazarus came and stood in the doorway of the cave. And he said, Jesus said, you know, take off his grave clothes and let him go. And so the, the news of this spread quickly. Jerusalem was nearby, two miles away. And, and many came to see what had happened. And it says that many believed. This was, this was enough for many of them to believe in, in Christ and who he was. But the chief priests still unmoved by the whole thing. And, and even though they couldn't deny that the signs of what was happening what they decided to do was act immediately on the prophecy of the high priest, which said it is better for you that one man die for the people than the whole nation perish. And from that day forward, there's a renewed commitment, as we see in every one of these chapters, for Jesus to be arrested and ultimately executed. That's what they're looking for. They want him gone. They don't like him messing up their deal. They don't want him around. He's, he's, he doesn't look like what they expected their Messiah to look like. So they're just saying no. They're just choosing not to accept what he's doing. So, so Jesus withdraws and he waits. And, and that's what he's waiting for. He's, he, he, he's coming and he knows it's coming. And he, and he pulls away and he's waiting for the Passover. And, and look, remember in, in John 10 he introduced himself as the good shepherd. The Passover is coming. And he's going to come then as, as the good shepherd and, and he's going to lay down his life for the people. That's what's coming. He's already said that's what he would do in John 10. It's coming at the Passover. It's, it's what's taking place and what's going to happen. And, and so we know he's going to die for the sheep. And we also know, that because we know, that he'd be restored on the third day to an endless life. But, but what about this thing with Lazarus? What, what does that mean to us? Um, and I think it means the same thing to us that it did for the disciples and, and the other witnesses there in Bethany. It's a, it's a demonstration of Jesus' ability to make his resurrection power available to his people now. And let me tell you what I think that means. See, it's, it's, a, it's one thing to know and believe, and it's a good thing to know and believe, and it's where we find some hope in, in that he has the power to and will raise us on the last day. He, he, he has the power and he will do that. But it, it's something else to understand 
that Jesus' resurrection power is available now and that he can bring life now to the deadness and the deadened areas of our own personalities, of, of, of this life. See, his, his resurrection power can move into us now and change us. By his spirit, he's able to do things and to accomplish things that we could never do on our own. And, and we need to know that, that it's that power that's available. We, we talk about the kingdom being now and not yet, that, that we, we get a taste of the banquet, of everything that lies ahead by faith. We're able to tap into that now because he's not limited by when he can display resurrection power. And that, that's the power that, that is available to us to change. The scripture talks about that, to, to yield to the spirit and to grow and to, to actually um, <laughs> move forward in this life, not stuck any longer in the things that, that try and get us stuck. See, because sometimes I, we think, I, sometimes we settle and we think, I'll never change. You ever get stuck with something and you, you, you just struggle and you struggle and you struggle and you think, I'll just never change. You know, you know what I've got to tell you? Never stop struggling. Because as long as you're struggling, you're leaving a spot for the Spirit of God to come in and to help you to overcome, and He can do it. Because that resurrection power can, can help you to change. And, and you might struggle with something for years and then, and then and just keep praying and, and maybe you know, failing and praying and, and struggling, and yet if you keep struggling and saying, God, I, I need you to help me with this, and then He does. And, and all of a sudden you realize that he's, he's moved into that spot. That resurrection power changed you in areas that you just thought you could never change. And, and that power is available to us today. And it's that power that allows us then to, to be able to go and to step out into the things that he calls us to. To, to move into the stuff. Remember we've talked about this and, and we've been talking about these, this sort of things a, life, a lot about life. And about living good lives. Um, that, that scripture, and we, we joke about it, you can do everything through Christ. You know what I'm talking about? We, we've talked about this. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I, everything is possible. There's those sort of scriptures. And I've, I've said to you, you know, that doesn't mean you can go out and pick something ridiculous. Remember I said, you know, like for me, it doesn't mean that, that anytime soon I'm going to be a ballet dancer. Right? Unless somehow God told me to, and then that would be a whole different deal, and I'd probably have to go away for a couple of years to make that happen. But, <laughs> um, or maybe longer. <laughs> but but the thing was, if he if he calls us to, then then he's there for us, and it's it's this power that that raised him from the dead, that that he demonstrated as as he raised Lazarus from the dead is available to us now in areas of our lives to change and to grow and to become more like him. And, and we need to remember that. We, you know, we, I think because sometimes, and it's, it's... Look, if all we focus on is the sweet by and by, or whatever that looks like, and we, we sort of say, well, okay, you know, I know what's going to happen, and so I'm just going to sit back and wait, and whatever, you know, we miss life. Because we have that to back up on. Thank God we have that. That we know where we're headed and what's going to take place. We got him. But, but life in Christ is an adventure. And he's got all sorts of stuff for us. And he never wants us just to get complacent and say, okay, well, it doesn't, he's coming back and that's that. And it's, this power is available for us to tap into by his spirit. And it's like, well, okay, what do you have? What is it that you want me to do? And it, it might be something you never even imagined. 
that he says, hey, I want you to go and do this. And you go. And he meets you there. He'll empower you to do it. That's what's taking place and and what he's demonstrating with what he's doing in these chapters. That that he is who he said he is and that the things that he has promised us are ours. And we step into him and move into him. And as we do, we find life. And so that's John 11. And uh, we'll pick it up next week from there. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. And uh, if you're up in Williston, uh, I'm Mr. Guy. See you soon. Um, Scott, Pam, Dave, Cindy, everybody else. We love you. We'll see you. And uh, we'll be there shortly. Okay. Um, You guys, if you have prayer requests, pass them up to me. And I will pray for you and we'll call it a night.